Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Figara. What's going on, everybody? We have Thunder E of Board at Work back on the show. Always great to have him on, and it wasn't the perfect time to because we have quite a bit of video game talk, uh, rather video game console talk in the last half of this show. We both got our hands on the Xbox Series S. In his case, he also has the Series X. And then we both also got our hands on the PlayStation 5. So we've been enjoying them for the past week or so. And of course, between me and him, well, we always have these conversations of Xbox versus PlayStation, but I will admit, as I do in the show, uh, that the Xbox has been showing me a pretty good time. Before that, however, we do react to a couple of things in the news, uh, mainly the fact that we have some new MacBooks that I'm actually certainly keeping my eyes on. I'm really interested in it, especially since Apple actually got my editor of choice, DaVinci Resolve, uh, to get a version out that is optimized for the Apple M1. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to get a MacBook Pro with the M1 processor. And then after that, we talk a little bit about uh, the Twitter fleet, as it were, uh, and just talk about different platforms and which things like these stories type formats are actually appearing. But with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode. This is Pocket Now Weekly Podcast with Thunder E from Board at Work. Enjoy. I actually relish in the opportunities when I get somebody on the show who I haven't had on for a long time. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has noticed, but I have sort of been falling back on um, some really reliable guests that have been available so often, like Nick Gray and TK Bay. But now we have... E, Thunder E on again, and it's really awesome to see you. This is going to be the, one of the, this is the first time that I'm seeing you without a wall of headphones behind you. <laughs> yes. new environs for you. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, thank you for having me back again. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is. I, I moved offices and uh, the wall of headphones will be back in a different style. Um, this, this, this has high ceilings, but it's really echoey compared to my last place so mm. i'm trying to work out the acoustics you're going to hear a lot of acoustics in my videos except this one because at least this podcast because the microphone is really good yeah so which so which which uh, which headset is this then this is the odyssey mobius mm-hmm. i really liked this headset um there's some features that i don't like but in terms of the audio like it was spot on and the microphone was just so smooth i did a quick instagram video on it just because i was like this is really really good okay we're gonna come back to the gaming stuff in a second but first thing since we haven't had you on in a while i uh, just want to see like how have you been um i know lockdowns are about to happen again like things are really crazy but just in general how you've been handling the, the last few months i don't even know when the last time i had you on was i think it was the microsoft announcement right I think so. I, it must have uh, been. I think it was way back. Then. It was earlier this year. Yeah. Um, no, I've been I've been good. It's been uh, it's been honestly, it's been a good year. Uh, the, you know, and I know that's not the case for everyone. So I'm very thankful for that. And mm-hmm. and I hope people have better days ahead of them as well. Um, but it's it's been good in terms of work. I've been busy. Uh, you know, cranking out videos, new consoles. So for me, that's super mm-hmm. exciting. I haven't had time to play the consoles as much, but but you know, that's also pretty good. Um, like I said, I moved to new office, um, and I'm, a couple of things. So you're gonna see mm-hmm. uh, some diversion on the channel where you see some more smart home stuff as well. Um, yep. You know, on that just because. Um, the new place kind of requires it because of the setup. It's just easier to turn on and off things when you can just tell it to turn off as opposed to running down the hallway just to change the temperature. And yep, it's getting cold true. here, you know. Um, but I think in general, it's been good. Uh, I do miss seeing everyone in, like, you know, even guys who are close to me, like, you know, David Kogan, Fisher. Uh, we got to have dinner once and. I'm not sure when I'll see them again. I know we're going to lock down again yeah. uh, at these different stages. So it's one of those things where, uh, for me, I'm 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 okay. I'm very used to working on my own and doing things separately, um, which for me is normally fine. But just the the idea I cannot go out is my problem. It's yeah. not the fact that I I'm at home. I'm like I'm fine with it as long as there's anime uh, to watch, games to play. I just finished watching Fire Force season one. Um, Definitely enjoyed it. So I'm looking for some new anime. So any suggestions out there, anyone can put up. I, I will greatly Oof. appreciate it. I wish I could give that to you, but the like my obsessions during quarantine have been 
Well, early on, it was Korean dramas, and then with the consoles coming in, I'm trying to get back into, like, some heavier gaming. I actually finished, like, I start to finish over the weekend, I actually finished Miles Morales. It was, the thing is, it's not a very long game, but still, like, the fact that I went from 0 to 100, I was actually kind of impressed, like, I actually put in the time this time. (laughs) We normally don't have that time, yeah? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so, there is one thing I wanted to bring up on this episode, just to just to make sure we covered it because it was a big thing this week you mentioned your your time on instagram you've kind of you've kind of gone in on a few like platforms like you're big on reels at this point um and you're you're putting in a lot of work there which is awesome to see uh if anybody isn't already make sure you follow thundery um get into the show notes all the links are always there but we have a new one now (laughs) and i wanted to get your take on it i've been asking people what their thoughts are on this whole twitter fleets thing and i did one one fleet and i imagine i might do more but i just wanted to get your take on it uh my rule of thumb which i adopted from saf is do them all okay do them all um we don't we are that's the thing that some of us forget um youtubers to answer this question i'm going to backtrack for a second and describe each social platform i was talking to a friend and i said youtube is the shortest distance to becoming a filmmaker. That's mm-hmm. what we think of ourselves. Doesn't matter what genre on YouTube you're on, whether it's tech, whether it's vlogging, there's a level of production quality that's needed. So we always think of it as a production. Um, you go to Instagram, Instagram is where fake lives live, you know, where people pretend and you know, you see the IG models on the street taking a photo, and you're like catching an influence out there. It's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong. You're selling a perception, you're giving a perception people want to see. The platform wants you to have a very neat look, you know. They want that square uh, image. Now, with stories, it's a little different where they allow you to play more and it's fine. But that's where Instagram is. Then we go to um, TikTok. TikTok is where the the casual celebrities form where TikTok does not want to overproduce videos. They don't even like it. They want you to use terrible green screen. I follow guys who do comic <laughs> books, um, you know, with their green screen map. But it's great. Like, I follow guys who are comic book guys who give you just perspective, like 10 best Batmans, and they have just this green screen of images yeah. going through. And they're, like, like pointing up like this. And this, and stuff <laughs> like that. But people follow and watch, and you know that's where. And TikTok is like TikTok is now the place for all generations because they make fun of you know Gen X is now on TikTok, and Gen Xs have their own thing on TikTok. They're like, remember this song or this song from the '90s, this song from the '80s, whatever. You know that that's a whole thing. Now, Fleet is is where um, Twitter Twitter rem- Twitter now remembers they have a misstep. They had Vine. They let Vine die. They oh, yeah. didn't didn't do anything with Vine, and the concept of Vine went to Snapchat. And then Instagram stole stories and just buried Snapchat. Even though Snapchat is still alive, but let's just call it, it's on life support now. It's like how MySpace was about to die. Mm -hmm. And then TikTok came, and then TikTok took that to the next level with music, and now has expanded it where it feels like anyone can jump on TikTok, because the algorithm is such a cheat. lures you in. I have one video that's at a million on TikTok. And I was like, wow. So I started doing more of the same type of videos and now it's died down. The algorithm wants to, it, 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 it's very knowledgeable in knowing I'm going to hook you in, I'm going to get you those high numbers and then you're there. Now with fleets, I don't know what the perception is of what they want to do. Yeah, we don't have any like access to metrics on fleets yet, right? Like it's no, just, no, it's just no, a thing I, right now. Yeah, you can see the number of people who liked it that's mm-hmm. about it. Um, and you can, I think you can tap and see the people who they are. To me, if I were, I would take fleets to a DM type level, in a sense. I would, it will allow them to customize some of the conversations. So if I'm putting a conversation on Twitter, a post, that's open to the world. Now, granted, if you follow me, you see it faster. If I put a fleet, I should be able to direct fleet just to my people alone. Mm-hmm. So that it becomes that. So you, because the problem with Twitter is that you cannot create a community on Twitter. You can or you can't. You know what I mean? Like, if you're big enough, you can. But one thing we've noticed in tech is that if you think about it, um, the biggest pullers in tech have always been Marquez, um, you know, uh, Lou, um, 
Dave to D to some to some degree, uh, a few other people here and there, but but it's it's it caused this microcosm of if they don't push it, then it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And when we want to have a conversation with our fans, that conversation never really really goes anywhere. Hmm. Think about it when you if you want to do a personal conversation with with your fans on Twitter, it never really reaches. It, it may go off. Like think about it when you do a giveaway. Like I would love to do a fleet giveaway just for guys on Twitter. Done. Yeah, makes sense. You know, uh, so I, I I hope they make it more of that. But I think right now they were like, we need stories because this these this allows us to keep a hundred and eighty characters, two hundred characters we have right now, mm-hmm. and not edit and not change. They don't want to take that edit button because of what it's done for them. It's done. It's it's created the fact that now that you're accountable for what you said, Twitter loves that. Deep yeah. down, they love that because it's this history of accountability you can go by. Fleets allows you to do the same thing Instagram did. Instagram stole stories. They blatantly stole it because they were like, "Oh, it's working." But now, what it's created for them is, ah, oh, your images will always look pristine. You want to mess around, do whatever, go through it on stories. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had a thought. I had a thought about Instagram wanting to have like a piece of this pie because I don't. I don't know about you, but um, I, I well, obviously, for people like us who actually work in the world of social media, like you said, we try to be on as many of them as possible. But I know that people like, let's say, Isa or a few of my friends are trying to distance themselves from certain platforms because of their worldly implications, like Facebook, for example. Like, we're not really big on Facebook anymore. We just don't really like the platform for what it's done uh, to a lot of things. Uh, and because of that, its connection to Instagram, we might not be around Instagram quite as much as as we used to be, or as consumers. Meanwhile, on Twitter, that's where, like you said, real conversation tends to happen, where people are actually talking and whatnot. So why not have that form of infinite scroll or the tap 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 of Instagram stories in a piece of content that those consumers will stick on the platform. You know, it's a sticking point for people. So as long as we're creating it, people are going to be hooked on Twitter even more so than ever. Um, and I feel like that's a little bit of the the what's the term motivation behind creating their own stories like apparatus. You mean um, Twitter or you mean Instagram? Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. I mean, yeah, I, I can see, I can see that. I think it's, um, it's, it's a combination of okay, we, we want something that can disappear, delete, people can take off. That, that works out well, but also it gives that continuous flow of information, yeah. of people who you follow. Yeah, what, that's the important part. I do like right. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, as opposed to Twitter, where. I see posts of people who I follow who do retweet stuff, uh, and then you can jump into that retweet and jump into a rabbit hole, and then it's yep. like it's like Reddit. You just you just you just took a right and then took a left before you know it, you went hell. So <laughs> it it's I think it does play to that. I I I hope they have an idea because I think people are going to lose interest really fast, really really fast. Or what you're going to see is a lot of people are going to post their TikToks on there. TikTok has done a really good job of taking advantage of other people's stories and posting their own content there. That is true. Um, and and to anybody that's like, oh, just post from, just take the video from X to, and put it into XYZ. Like, it's actually a lot harder than you think. Like, actually getting that same video and posting it on five different other platforms is a lot of work. It's actually, yeah. it, it's not as much work. It's just tedious. It's just a very tedious thing. And it's something that we have to go through all the time. I need to be better by my social media for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll be trying it out, Fleets. I mean, I'm on, I will admit, I'm on Twitter probably more than most. You should. I know you are. You should. You should definitely look at other platforms. And one thing I always tell people is that do not look at social media as your friend. Even mm-hmm. if you're a consumer, it is not your friend. It is a tool. Um, yeah. As much as I am on every platform, like I enjoy being on TikTok actually more to look at content because these are different creators that are not like me. I mean, they are not. That's true. They're not the YouTube guys, and I love the guys who do the comic book stuff because I always like to go like, hmm, should I? And I was, I, I, you know, I want to do that content as well on there, but I enjoy the kind of content. Then I also get tired of seeing. I see this happen a lot on TikTok is people do other people's stuff. So there's, there's this one guy who I watch who's been doing the comic book stuff for a while. 
and then there's another guy two black guys one he does more of movies and then he'll jump in a little bit of comic well, he's more of a movie guy and then if he's doing any comics he will reference the movie and kind of compare and then i saw like there, there was a topic on on like he started one on like favorite x-men movies and then next minute i, I you know the algorithm gave me seven people who do the same thing yeah. the same thing and i'm like why don't you just do seven i don't know superman movies or something else yeah right you didn't have to copy just because you know the algorithm will pick it up so those are the things that tend to happen but i think when you look at each platform you just have to go okay what am i going to benefit from me how can i use it effectively to me twitter mm -hmm. is news whenever somebody posts something uh like new tech news i'm not searching i can go to the website search. i just like i want to hear comments and reactions and i want to see the just see the bounce back like for instance when apple announced a new m1 macbook uh jonathan morris was praising it and you know, rightfully so to a certain degree. And Linus was like, yeah, let's hold the brakes. And I'm like, okay, I know Linus is a PC guy and I know he knows his stuff. I don't know if Jonathan Morris, you know, loves his Apple products, but also understands what it does well for him. So, yeah. you know, it's that kind of thing that you can do. And then you look at something like Instagram and you go, I look at it more as creators and going, who's posting content that's visually appealing? Mm -hmm. You know, who's putting and, in that extra effort? Yeah, and what's what's what does it look like? My friends post on Instagram. Sometimes they post two or three times a day. I I, I send them a message. I'm like, stop doing that. Either do a carousel or post it on stories. The algorithm will throw it away. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I got this one post today, and I got the other two three days later. Mm. That's what that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's you true. Know? Because it's no longer it's no longer um, well, it hasn't been for a long time. It's not chronological. No, it's, it's, it's not just chronological. algorithmic. It, it's just algorithmic and yeah. it will always show you stuff from your friends. It's mm -hmm. not as bad as Facebook. It will always show you stuff from your It's just we'll push it later because the algorithm wants to keep it clean and wants to keep. So, it, you know, it likes the one by one mm -hmm. and also your image must be centered as well. Okay. And the higher quality image, the better. Yeah. Not, not because it's the algorithm picking, it's because somebody will stop. The longer they stop scrolling, and see, because the one by one keeps it that each time you scroll, only one image is within each frame. Yeah. So you don't have multiple. So they want you to, I mean, and I get it. Like, I want you to look at a picture and enjoy it, which is actually a good thing. Like, mm -hmm. look at it, read the comments, read whatever, then move to the next one. But we're so used to swiping up or swiping down real, really fast. So that's one thing in the algorithm I kind of like. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a good thing. Hopefully, it pushes people to, create better content because whenever you see a really dope photo it doesn't matter what it is from someone you're like wow yeah you stick around for a bit for sure yeah so yeah. that's that's where that's what that platform doors does there so I, I just want to point out this purity that i noticed in your tiktok discussion because you the algorithm figured you out i mentioned this to jaime on the last episode and he he busted a gut laughing because it, it it's kind of okay let me just say you your your TikTok algorithm figured you out and gave you a lot of comic book uh content and stuff like that. Mine figured me I was being very careful about what I liked and what I spent time on, but it figured me out so quickly about a week into being on TikTok, like starting like two months ago, just Asian girls. Just <laughs> just Asian girls across the platform. Foodies, dancers, all these different <laughs> look, look, tick TikTok will give you women constantly. Look, I mentioned true, comic yeah. books, I mentioned movies. It still shows me, you know, women as well uh, <laughs> of a certain persuasion. So it's just it's just going to, and I think it taps into the to whatever you're doing on the other platforms as well. Um, yeah. You know, to some degree, because it's not like I um, I I've searched for it. Because the for you page also is kind of weird, though. It gives you stuff that you don't really want to see per se. True. Um, so I guess it all depends on how, my, you know, from from what my girl said is that TikTok. If you watch something five times, then that video gets a boost because again it's short. So mm -hmm. it's just a, so if you if even if you saw something and you left it on there and it keeps just repeating, then the algorithm goes. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, you definitely like this stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so if I repeat, if I repeat, I mean I'm I'm cutting myself off at the knees here. If I repeat one of Issa's videos for a while, they're like oh Asian girls, like here's more Asian girls. <laughs> Yeah, but That's also my that, excuse. that also helps our videos, by the way. Anyway, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so 
<laughs> All right. So you brought it up a second ago. I want to, I want to definitely get into, um, I wanted to have Jaime on, um, uh, at some point, uh, to talk about because he's one of the few people I know who are actually using an M1 MacBook. And okay. I think you saw his tweets that he was just over the moon for it. Now, this is talking from somebody who also has, he, he, I was there when he specked out a MacBook pro 16 and it was like over four grand and now he has very similar performance for Final Cut on the MacBook Air M1 of all things. So I have I've expressed privately to like David Amell and to Jaime, I've expressed some tribulation of I hate that Apple keeps showing DaVinci Resolve because that's my video editor of choice. And if DaVinci Resolve natively supports M1 and is really good on M1, that actually might make me switch over. Granted, the gamer in me is still pulling back, but I wanted to see from you, and since you have, you have tested things like gaming on it, you've had it for a bit, mm-hmm. how's that M1 treating you, and why is this thing so... Why are people so jazzed about it? Whether negative or positive, why is this such a talking point right now? It's, it's an ARM chipset. It's it's the goal that everybody want, has wanted to get to. ARM mm-hmm. is efficient for a lot of things. ARM, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I'm not... I mean, I don't know deep down knowledge of, of things that happen, but I know with the M1, one of the things that they do well is shared memory. It taps the GPU and, and the CPU tap into the same larger memory pool. So the CPU can pull from that big GPU pool and faster memory, you know, DDR5, DDR6, as opposed to DDR4, which is mm. what you usually have on your system. So that does a lot of performance. Now, AMD was talking about this, you know, for their laptops, but they, they haven't... They re- I mean, the the rumor or the word is that next year we're going to see something really insane from them. For them. Mm. And I think this is what they're going through. The other thing, too, is that um, the M1 is a 5 nanometer chipset, which means better performance. Um, uh, power power performance also is also more efficient, yep. which is something I'm also... I'm, I just got the Dell uh, XPS 13 with the 11th gen Intel. That's a 10 nanometer chipset. It's not 5, it's not 7, but I can tell you the performance on that is really, really good as well. So you have to stay tuned to tomorrow for my video or <laughs> whenever, I, whenever you jump on the channel. But um, that's one of the things the M1 does. Now, the other thing, because it's so fast and so efficient is that it can run anything. It runs emulations really well. So a lot of people are praising this as being, you know, this is the end of the era. And I, I think most people don't understand, which is why I say when Linus drops his breakdown for it, people should go check it out. I don't know when it's going to drop, but the thing here is this. So when I got the, the MacBook M1 and I ran universal software, it ran well. This is the key. You build software specific for Apple on Apple's ecosystem, it runs well because they're yeah. they're so strict in their guidelines. It's not like Windows where they let you play. That's the difference between Windows and Mac, right? Um, and Final Cut runs really well. It runs better than the the Mac. Also, again, in comparison, and I kept on telling, I, I told Jaime this, I'm like, you're wasting money on your MacBook 16-inch because honestly, it's it's an old Intel chip. Like the chips that they have there was a 9th or 10th gen. I mean, you. I saw your video on the AMD um, ASUS laptop. I did mm-hmm. a video on that laptop. That is the best laptop ever right now. The M1 is cool, yeah. but when it comes to pure performance, yes, I agree with you. There's no camera. There are a few things that are just a little off. Yeah. But, it's, but as a gamer, I don't care about that camera either because I would rather have a proper camera, mm-hmm. right? But if you were to do anything on that laptop, that thing is such a beast. And you talked about having, um, you, you were talking about five, six, seven, five, five, six, I was getting hours like, I was getting like five hours, like just straight up without, without really messing with the settings a whole lot. Because I know some people were saying you got to turn this off in the Asus army crate. You got to turn this off. I, in the I thing. turn off everything in the army crate because that tends to, because it, it treats it like a gaming system. not a Yes. So yeah. I just turned that off. I got about eight. On it. Okay. Yeah, I've been hearing that it's getting like even better. Like they did some updates to like BIOS or something. BIOS and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw that the the battery life is really good on there, and which it makes a lot of sense. Like granted, 
I can't edit on that thing without plugging it in. It's just not going to happen. That's how the GPUs work. But just going straight for like YouTube viewing and and scripting and research for an entire workday, like this is that laptop proved to me that we can get a 14 inch form factor that can last all day and it's not a business laptop. <laughs> like that was nuts. Yeah. So I, I think that's the thing you you see now with Apple with the M1, a performance was was really good. Like I, I won't deny. I think what I found sluggish was uh, some of the older x86 applications running on Rosetta. Chrome was still it's just weirdly buggy. Steam was slow. Um, oh, what else was slow again? Uh, Epic Game Store was slow, but mm-hmm. Fortnite ran well. So that's also one of the things that you have to look like. I, I think a lot of people think that it's going to get tremendously better. I think most people don't understand that um, where Apple is and where they will falter if down the line is GPU performance, I think, because they don't have GPU um, prowess, if you will. Yeah. Um, Fortnite runs well because Unreal, Unreal Engine runs very, very well on um, iOS and macOS. Like it was, you, they kind of built it in, in at least some of the metal features I think are instituted there. But gaming is a very different place. Everybody uses different engines left and right. Like it's mm-hmm. not even, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense anymore. It's like, you know, whatever company, if you build your own engine, you think it works well, you're going to use it, you don't care, right? So I think that's where, but again, Apple is not really concerned about that, but we'll see. They might go into cloud gaming. That's where, you know, things are moving, you know, and things like that. That's an interesting thought because I know that cloud gaming is one thing. Like I even just got another another Stadia package because it was free, but um, I might give it away to be honest. But anyway, um, cloud gaming is one thing, but the fact that you can natively run iOS and iPad OS applications on there, wouldn't that open up the mobile gaming to the laptop as well? Like, couldn't you get Apple Arcade stuff on there? No, you can. You can get Apple Arcade stuff. And th- I mean, that's the, that's the approach. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so they've gone... They've taken the hits for years that Microsoft was trying to do. So if you think about it, five, six years ago, Microsoft went with this whole idea of Windows on everything. And Apple was like, no, we are, we're doing a separation of Mac OS, iPad OS, uh, iOS. But we didn't know that their big secret was the same processor, which means everything will run. On Can run anyway, everything. Mm-hmm. Which is an easier process down the line as opposed to with Windows, Microsoft faces a very big task because they've been trying to run Windows ARM and they've had a lot of issues. Um, not because the processor can, so the emulation layer is so heavy. Windows is a very different beast. Yeah. A lot of people will compare and go like, well, Apple, they're like, no, Windows has, like Microsoft wants to allow your old software that you love to run. Apple will cut you on your kneecaps. And it's not a bad thing, it's just the the way they want it. They want that continued smooth flow. They're like, this doesn't pass the test, so sorry, you gotta cut it off. Microsoft cut off Windows uh, Windows XP, but you can still pay to get updates. And there's still a compatibility layer. Like they mm-hmm. still cater to it to some extent. So Because there's so many businesses who run it. So yeah. I get people always go on the personal level. I'm like, that's the reason why I like Windows more is because they still let you do the things the way you want to do them. Not mm-hmm. saying that it's better. For me, it's better. But for, not saying it's better or worse. But it's just the different philosophies between you know each company. And I think when you look at the M1 chipset and you look at how it moves forward, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how it does with um, the Mac Pro if they ever have an M1 with a Mac Pro. Because that's where I want to see if they can compete. Because... Their single core performance was high. It was not, people say it's the highest. It wasn't the highest. It didn't beat. I, I, I don't. I don't think it, it. It beat any of the Threadrippers. It was higher in terms of laptops. So we'll have to compare. I have to do it on, on the Dell as well. Mm-hmm. Their multi core performance was really good too, but it was nowhere near any of the high end desktops. So not even high end because AMD desktop processors are not that expensive anymore, and the kind of performance that they give is 
Yeah, it's pretty world. high. I, I need yeah. to I, I need to get into that because the only AMD that I've ever experienced is in that G14. So having that experience and then seeing people sort of fall over, uh, fall, fall head over heels for like the Ryzen's that have been coming out recently, and I know I got I got to try this stuff out for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm still you, very in the Nvidia world. Like I'm still very. I mean, no, I mean, you can mix and match. I mean, but if you're gonna do um, an AMD CPU, then you should definitely do the fifth gen CPU. The yeah. single core performance and the, I mean, and the benchmark performance of that thing is ridiculous. So put it this way, Intel's best processor is the 10900K, mm -hmm. solid, the processor altogether. When they did the benchmarks, the Ryzen 5800, which is the mid-tier, beats, beats all of Intel's. Yeah. Other than their X-class CPUs, which are basically uh, like Threadripper, which are, you know, Server server slash heavy workload CPUs. Yeah, it's a different. But their but their mid range just trashed everything out there. So I think I think it's good because in terms of M one, it's good because it pushes Intel. And like Intel now has to just not because they are, they lost they they're gonna lose customers because in terms of sales it was not that much for them. Honestly, mm -hmm. really, most people don't realize it will affect stock price. Sure, just because of the excitement, but. In terms of rep, Intel has to showcase we can do this. We can we can eventually give you a seven nanometer. While AMD now has to go, okay, look, we have both a, a GPU and, and CPU, and Intel now has a, its own dedicated GPU chipset. Um, but AMD can come out and say, hey, look, we've we've been the masters of CPU and GPUs. Here is our next laptop offering. So so that ASUS will now instead of having a GTX, will have an AMD CPU, which you have a unified graphics buffer and yeah maybe it's just gonna maybe, it's just gonna force everyone to sort of do some of the same stuff and yeah, yeah every, exactly every notebook is going to like get better um so like from your perspective like i mentioned earlier i'm i'm a gamer which is why i've never been a macbook person you did a gaming video on there and you said it was it was decent you had fortnite working pretty well on there you're not a final cut guy huh you're you're premier right yeah i mean i don't i don't use a mac <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I don't. I mean, uh, working with a Mac and doing the video, I realized why I don't like using the Mac, and it's um, it was one of those things where I went, this software really is not for me. Mm -hmm. It is just not for me because the the little intricacies of the software in my brain drive me nuts. There's nothing wrong with. It. I look at it. I'm going like, yeah, I, I get it. And I'm I think just I know. Like, I think I know where one of those things is. Two words: uh, file system. I can't. Mm -hmm, I can't mm -hmm. stand the file system. <laughs> mm -hmm. But 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 again, it. You know, the funny thing is, like, you know, my girl's looking at it and she's like, "It's very simple." I'm like, I'm like, here's my trick in Windows. Whenever I say I need to find anything, you just right click. Mm -hmm. I'm like that. I'm like right click, and from right click, I can get down into the system menu if I wanted to. Yep. As like that's what I like, but again, it's not. Again, it's different for people. But I think when you look at it from a usability standpoint, it feels like a Mac, and that was one of the first things they tried to do. It's like let it feel normal, let it feel like what you're used to. So when people buy it, they go, "It's no change." Yeah. And I'm always a little disappointed there was no touchscreen. Um, it looked like you a, use a touchscreen on a laptop often. Mm -hmm. Really, you're like no, one I would of the few I know. I know a lot of people do. I'm, I, yeah. I use it about maybe thirty percent of the time. So for me, it's not. It's this. It's my brain has now uses a touchscreen in different ways. I don't use it all the time. It's like I'm doing something and and I see, I see an enter or I see something. I can literally click and expand instead of me pinching or yeah. me. You know, f quick example. The Mac has this where you type in your password, and it has the button on the touch bar for you to hit enter even though I can hit the enter key. And I'm going, why don't I just touch the screen instead? Because it's right there. So those, that's how I use the touch screen. I kind of mix it with a few things here and there. Okay. Um, and whenever I'm looking at an image, I just go like that. And I'm like, that's true. That, that is true. But I think, I think the reason why the touchscreen is not as much of a priority for MacBooks is because they have all those shortcuts on the touchpad. Like people, people, they, people are like strumming it like a guitar. Like there's so much stuff you could do on just the touchpad. And I hate it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, I, I, look to me, to me, to me, it's it's again, it it's it's where that philosophy with me and Apple break away. It's like, yeah. why, mm -hmm. why, why do I have to learn a new language? It it feels like a new language when you could, 
easily you you apple were the one that made children touch screens mm-hmm. you not me you're the one you're the one who <laughs> gave kids you know if you've seen those videos you give a child a phone a baby a phone or a toddler and then you give them a, a tablet and then they see the tv and they start touching the you're like no 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 that does not have touch stop it's touching not, the led no no, no, no stop <laughs> you, you destroy that one but 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 a generation has grown up that way and yet you can't touch it. Yeah, you know? that's fair. You know, it's I, the I, thing is that I, I'm, I'm on the Dell now and I'm, I'm basically zooming in and out just because, just for the fun of it. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, so. Yeah, like like I said, the reason, the only reason why I'm even lightly considering it is because they just had to hit me where it hurts and they, they're using my actual tool of choice. Uh, like, I, I love DaVinci Resolve. It has revolutionized my workflow. But, wow, the fact that they have a version for it for the M1, I was like, no, I don't want to go to a Mac. I don't want to. No, DaVinci. <laughs> I mean, so the thing here is this, is that how much of a gamer are you? I'm because see, We're going to get into the console stuff in a bit, but I, I this is the reason why it actually irks me a bit, is because I can actually see myself going to the MacBooks now that I'm back to console gaming. So it's like, uh... <laughs> That, I mean, I mean, it all depends on who you are. So, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I look at it this way. I go, I'm, I'm a desktop person. So, even yeah. the biggest truth here is this is that I don't like laptops that much. doesn't matter which, but it's Apple or PC. doesn't matter. I'm a, I'm a console guy. I'm mm-hmm. not a console. I'm mean, sorry. I'm a, I'm a PC, PC yeah. a desktop guy. And I've, I build rigs all the time. I love building them. Yep. And... And I get the most amount of power and performance. Like if I wanted to, you know, the 4,000 that Jaime spent on that, that MacBook, I spend half of that and my PC will run laps on three of those MacBooks altogether. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why I so, said the PC. Yeah. So, so for me, it's that. And the only reason I'll say is DaVinci Resolve runs well on Windows. It does. Yeah. So if I were you, just... Just stick. <laughs> just stick. Just stick. If, if you're using DaVinci Resolve, stick and you know keep the uh, ASUS. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've uh, literally because of how well Resolve comparatively to something like Premiere, and I was a lifelong Premiere guy. Like, <laughs> remember, remember the <laughs> issue making, I had? Exactly. Remember the issue? Yeah. <laughs> now, knowing knowing the differences that uh, Resolve has been able to bring to me after being a lifelong Premiere guy, like I've been able to put Resolve on literally any of the laptops I've been able to review. Granted, they're all high powered laptops, but still, like A to B, easy to just move my workflow over, and it's easy. Like I, I I'm really into it. So when they were showing it in the demos, I was like, no, no, don't do this to me. Don't do it. <laughs> But yeah, so some some thoughts on the M1. Um, I do want to get into, I mean, with Thunder E, we got to talk about games. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that after the break. All right, coming back from the break. Um, Thunder E is one of the, the, you are one of the main people that I have this kind of conversation with semi-regularly of PlayStation versus Xbox. <laughs> and uh we never really get into like any like heated discussions about it because we enjoy both sides. But you picked up both consoles this past week, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So how are you enjoying those at the moment? Um, I haven't spent too much time. I've been it's been a busy been time. Yeah. Um, but I I like the Xbox more. <laughs> so tell me why, and then. This PlayStation lover over here is going to... And, and I, I almost feel like I need to make a video why the Xbox is better than the PlayStation and it always will be better. Be, and it's simply this, is Microsoft has done what PlayStation fans have not accepted yet. And it, I, I guarantee you it take them three years to accept it. Which is? It's not about the hardware. And yet they have the better hardware. Xbox has a better hardware? How so? More power. Well, the, more the, okay, granted, you have the X. So I, I, should, yes. I should preface by saying yeah. I have the Series S. I have, I have X, S, and PS5. PS5, yeah. So even with the S, is better hardware because it allows a lower entry point for next-gen gaming that PlayStation does not offer. Yes, it doesn't give you... So here's the thing about next-gen gaming most people tend to forget. Resolution is not everything. Of course. Variable refresh rate higher frame rate is that PC gamers will tell you 
higher frame rate is what we want because we can spec out anytime you want to go up up and down in terms of resolution. Mm-hmm. But frame rate is the most important thing to enjoy a game, especially if it's an action-packed game where you want to be more than that 60 frames per second. The fact that you can go 120, even on the S, granted it's at 1440p highest, is still really good. You know, because it's really hard to actually do that for a lot of games. Um, but in terms of hardware, when you go to X versus PS5, it's the more powerful console. I mean, developers have said this for months. I wonder if in, in experience it really feels that way, though, because I know that there are some features on the Xbox that I, I, I will admit this. There's a, there's There are a few particular features that I have been enjoying on the Xbox more than the PS5. This is me actually admitting these things. Instant on's pretty dope. Uh, after that, I have to admit, jumping between Jedi Fallen Order and Forza Horizon 4 and Forza Motorsport 7 with quick resume was pretty dope. Now, here's where I here's where I sort of divert though. The load times on Jedi Fallen Order were killing me. There yeah, but lo- that, there that were loading is... times that were killing me, and load times on every PS5 game I've played so far have been non-existent. No, no, Spider-Man still has load times, but very short, super short though. Uh, if you play, remember, no, so here I'll preface this by saying this simply: those are all third-party games. Forza is a little faster. Try playing Valhalla on the PS5. Load time is this, it's just as slow. Same thing, uh, not slow. I mean. Not as quick as they're there, yeah. Yes, yeah, Spider Man. Um, but Valhalla is the same as but the Xbox. I've seen comparisons. I don't know. I I agree with you there, but I feel I always think of Assassin's Creed games as like they're, they're just not optimized. They never are. <laughs> like no, never but I'm there. saying that that that's what you get from a lot of those kind of games. Uh-huh. Um, Red Dead Redemption, which has like a two minute load time, yeah. it was cut down to like um forty five seconds or a minute ten something like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, the PlayStation definitely has the faster SSD. I agree. It's, it's the same SSD, uh, 7,000 megabits per second Samsung SSD. That's the one that has 7,000. And that's, no, that's absolutely great. The th- my own thing is, in terms of the overall hardware, Xbox beats it out. Even word, at, word has come out that uh, ray tracing, Xbox has full ray tracing. Actually, Microsoft said it. Say they're the only console that has the full ray tracing feature, which means PlayStation doesn't. And then developers came out and said they have some ray tracing features, which is why you see ray tracing upscaling. So there's a lot of cheat around. Now, it doesn't, that doesn't matter when it comes to consoles because we know that for two generations now, Xbox has been the most powerful. What Xbox has lacked is the games. And PlayStation fans will run and tell you that's why I bought the PlayStation. It's mm-hmm. because of the games. And that's very true until you mix in Game Pass, which even to your own admission, and I like the fact that as soon as you, you installed your Xbox, you were able to play a game that you didn't buy but you liked, Jedi yep. Fallen Order. Yep. To, me, to me, that is the most key thing that most gamers are, PlayStation gamers are holding really tight. They're like, yeah, but I'm going to play, I'm like, you're going to play God of War and that's fine. And that's why Microsoft gave you an S. And that's why Microsoft gave you Game Pass because when all the Bethesda games come out, and you want to play them, you, you have either, a way. You have a way, but you may not buy an Xbox, but you play it on PC. Yeah, see that. Here's the other. That, that was the other part because I I look at I have always looked at Playstations as a sort of like insular, singular experience because they always have been. You look at the PS One, Two, Three, Four. Like it's always here's your console, and this is where your like quote unquote here's where your dreams come true, like whatever they call it. Um, and I agree, like the experiences that I've had on PlayStation are always super memorable to me. Um, I remember playing on my friend's Xbox. I never owned an Xbox until now. I remember playing stuff like Halo on my friend's Xbox, and it just didn't really grasp me in the same way. There are very few games that had that kind of level of experience to me, which is not to say they're bad. They just weren't my my cup of tea. Um, but I have to admit, I, I'm here on a PC. There's a MSI laptop that I'm using as my desktop replacement, and... I was able to play every game on here and continue it on the Xbox Series S. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> like that was pretty dope. And then and on, that's true. The thing is I do remote play, so I'm literally playing it off of the console. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean Wi-Fi. remote remote play is great, but but I think the aspect that most people have forgotten PlayStation users. And this is why 
generally when I talk to PlayStation fans, I'm not, I I I look at you and I go, you are a PlayStation fan, which is why me, the original Nintendo fan, never liked PlayStation. It's a single mm. player console. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. It does not it does not lean towards playing with others. Now, granted, multiplayer is online, but Xbox games have always been multiplayer of some sort. So you talk about Halo. Halo, last Halo was a four-player game. And I remember I used to, my buddy would get back from work around like 7.38. Four of us went online and we played through Halo four days straight and we beat it. It's four of us. You cannot do that with any other, and those games are fantastic. God of War is a great game. Last of Us is a great game, even though I don't like it, but it's, it's rated high by everyone. Um, you know, Uncharted, I love Uncharted. But those are single player. I can't share that with anyone. I, then again, maybe it's my generation, because I grew up with a Nintendo, which means you went to your friend's house, your friends came to your house, and you played, and you sat down, you battled, you know? Yep. And Nintendo still gives the, those, even on the Switch, they still make it feel like a joint experience. Sony PlayStation feels like I get my PlayStation for myself, which is probably one of the things I I realized lately that I never really liked about the console because I just felt like I couldn't connect with it. One of the things that Xbox is, that, and it's you see it more on PlayStation, but early on it was like you see your friends' achievements, your friends pop up, they jump into your game, you jump into their game. For me, it was always the fact, because I'm always working from home. Like What we do means we're always isolated. Always. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, it's easier to jump in and like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm a game with this guy. I'm a game, because Xbox Live, much better. Seamless, it's fast, it's easy. Um, and it makes, it makes sense for that. But I agree, and I think unless PlayStation decides to make um, PlayStation, like uh, PlayStation Game Pass of their own. Oh, uh, Plus. Plus is not Game Pass. The old plus game, is not as good as Plus is it, not as good as Game Pass. It, but it does, did. It doesn't have as big a library. But I will. I will say, and I and being a PlayStation guy, I I made sure this was a big point in my video. The games that they give you in PlayStation Plus, once you get a PS Five, these are hallmark games. If you are new to PlayStation, these are the games that will introduce you to the world and suck you in. The fact that Uncharted Four is free or part of PlayStation Pass was to me a, a PlayStation Plus to me was like wow that that's one of those games that I can think back on and I and I would say that is a PlayStation game yeah. that is what I I think that is about. something I think that's something they need to improve so that's what they do there and then you look on the other side and you go Xbox Game Pass every Microsoft game that is library free. it's, it's huge but it's mm-hmm. also it's free at launch when Halo comes out I don't have to spend a dime to play it when um, Bethesda's new games, when the uh, you know when there's a new Fallout, I'm paying money for it. It's and it's day one. Like I literally just I can pre-down. Like that's what I like because we are look the gamers who have money are people in our age range. It's not the younger gamers. We are the ones who have money to spend. And Netflix has told us we don't spend money like that anymore. Netflix, Hulu. Uh, Disney Plus, uh, HBO Max, they all say you subscribe. Microsoft's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we've got enough money to subsidize the subscription and make money off it. So they yeah. buy, but that's why to me, when they, when they bought Bethesda, I knew, they were, I knew they were serious about Game Pass all along and I knew that was the, the play. But when they put Bethesda in there, I was like, it's yeah, over. That's like, a big deal. I think gamers don't realize it's over yet because some of the things that I see for Microsoft strategy is this. Do two things. Um, or three things, actually. They came out and said, we have the most powerful console, so whatever you want to run, run. Which means developers start building on this, and already reports are saying Valhalla runs better than on the PlayStation. PlayStation looks like it's running closer to 30. Valhalla's looking like it's running at 60. It's 60. It's, not even, it's just 60 flat on there. So developers will just constantly go, ah, PlayStation first, and then we'll, we'll port over. So... Yeah. They're getting more games. Second is Game Pass. Your whole Xbox library is there. The 200 games. You're going to get used to games coming in and out, which means as a developer, if you think about it, it makes sure that gamers spend time playing the games and then jump into the next game. So mm-hmm. think about something like uh, God of War. I haven't finished it yet. I bought it. I played a little bit. I got busy with work. I haven't gone back. 
I mean, I played a little bit just to showcase in the PlayStation 5, but that was it. Nothing else. If it were to jump on and it was like a time, because granted it's a PlayStation game, so it would probably stay on PlayStation Plus. But yeah. on like the Xbox, Jedi Fallen Order, I'm going to have to jump on and play before it leaves at some point, maybe in three months or something like that. That's the kind of thing that gets gamers playing Kip and you get mm. more games in the system. I didn't realize there's an expiration date. No, there's not for third party. So Xbox Xbox titles are stay. Okay. But certain third, I'm sure they, you can't keep it there forever. So I'm sure yeah. it's going to be like six months to a year because they, they do they give you information. It pops up on the app, says, this game is leaving in three weeks. Make sure you mm-hmm. jump on and play. Uh, this games are jumping in in three. It's like Netflix. And you're like, you're not going to play all those games, but you want to play some of those games. So yeah. they're letting you do that. Now, Game Pass Mobile is going to be huge. That's so the give other me, aspect. Give me, yeah, give me that thought because I know that we have game streaming on there. Project X Cloud is now Game Pass Beta, but what does Game Pass Mobile? I mean, in particular, it, no, Game Pass Mobile is Game Pass Beta. It's I just call oh, it. Okay. Game Pass. Oh, okay. Game I Pass. thought it was. Okay, I thought you were. I thought you were telling me about something else. No, um, no, no. It, that that aspect would be. It's also huge because once Game Pass, once X Cloud came out, I didn't touch my Xbox for a period of four months. Mm-hmm. I went through three stages on Gears of War on my phone, <laughs> right? I just kept on playing it on there. I played a bunch of games. I was playing a lot of Tekken because Tekken was in there for a bit for, for the test stage. So I was like, man, I haven't played Tekken 7 in a while. Like, let me yeah. just keep playing. And I, the fact that you can do that, and you've got services like Stadia and, and Luna from Amazon as well that's coming out. So that's going to be huge as well. You know, that aspect of like being able to move around a game. And I think the last piece that Microsoft hasn't pushed much, but is going to be really, really important is Microsoft All Access, which is their uh, monthly payment service. Hmm. All Access gives you um, either Xbox Series S or X with 12 months of Game Pass for $24 a month or $35 a month. So it's a payment plan including the console? Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. And here's the thing. You do the math. It is cheaper to get all access than to buy both of them separately. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that, that is a good deal, actually. I do, I do agree with that. It is. So if you... Now, the rumor is they haven't said it yet because they're not saying anything, is that they're going to use all access. So Microsoft has, according to a developer, Microsoft showed them eight SKUs of Xboxes. That's a, the, yeah. They're treating the Xbox as a PC upgrade, just continually. <laughs> yeah. So you, because it's just scalable, which means now the next console will be 4K 120 standard, and then 8K 60. Let's just call. It, I'm just. I'm just guessing. That's mm-hmm. not a. That's not a fact. Just me guessing. But, but if not not up, new consoles, just updates to the current cycle. Yeah, because. The cycle would just be one. They're treating it as one continuous forever cycle. Yeah. So what they also, I think, want to eventually get people to use the Xbox All Access. If you're paying thirty-five dollars a month, you will always have the latest Microsoft console. Done. Oh, okay, that's fair. Okay. Just just like your smartphone, you will always have that. But it comes with Game Pass, so now you don't even have to buy the games. Yeah. You just <laughs> buy it, and I and I see that as a a much better long play than PlayStation is because PlayStation, to me, it feels like it's holding on to the people that are here the most. Yeah, I was about to say that. I think PlayStation has a a huge amount of loyalists, including myself, um, though I will say it's great. I'm one of, it's the, uh, it's the Porque Los Dos type thing. Porque No Los Dos, like why not just have both? And that's Mm -hmm. where I am right now. So. That's why I don't feel like a super loyalist, but I also don't feel like I'm converting because I have both. Um, but as far as PlayStation is concerned, yeah, they do have some old hat. They have a little bit of the new stuff in terms of like streaming and uh, they have a little bit of streaming. It's not great, but they have also PlayStation Plus that I've been on for a while. But yeah, their their general way of being is still, here's your physical media or your digital media. You buy it separately. It's not part of a Netflix or anything like that. But you're going to get it because that is the experience you want. And people will go one by one on it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still into that. I get that Game Pass has a lot to offer for, like, I don't know what the term might be. Like, like I don't know, I'm a newbie and, it, and I'm enjoying it. 
as a newbie. Like, I haven't really experienced this whole... When those new games come out on Game Pass, I will definitely have some sort of reaction, I'm sure of it. Because, I, mean, no, uh, I mean, you will. I mean, when the new Halo comes, you were... So, I wasn't a big Halo fan. To get you into Halo, go online and just search Halo... Um, Halo cutscenes, all Halo cutscenes unified. It's like a five-hour movie. Halo story is one of the best video game stories ever. Okay. It is tragic. It is annoying. You, when you find out that Master Chief was a child, just basically a child soldier, like stuff like that that comes into play. And that's how I got hooked to it and I started playing. Gameplay for me with Halo... It's good. It's shoot. It's good. It's not. It's not crazy, but it's it's good. And but it's with the story that I really enjoyed it. But when those games come out, you can just jump in and play. Like I said, it's next year. Like they've just looked at it and gone like, you know what? Screw it. The next Forza is going to come out. You just jump in and play. The next, you know, whatever uh, come out. Now that they have twenty five studios as opposed to when they had ten. Now everything that Bethesda releases, whether it's uh, you know the own Doom, like Doom Eternal is on the Xbox immediately. I only know. Yeah, that that blew my mind. Like, okay, so I was looking through the entire thing, and I was like, "Oh, cool, we have like older stuff like Crisis. It was cool to see that. Um, uh, Even like older, like even much older games." And then I saw Doom Eternal. I was like, "Whoa! Like that feels really recent. Like that feels." That that was that was that was a week after the announcement. You know? (laughs) Wow, that's funny. Yeah. You know which you know which Xbox exclusive? This is back in the day. I'm going way back. Like cuz I was never a Halo guy. I could not get into Gears. Uh Forza was Forza definitely was one of those exclusives that I was like, "Oh, I want that." But the one that really got me so intrigued by Xbox, it used to be an exclusive to Xbox. It's no longer that. The first Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect was an Xbox exclusive and that almost pulled me in. Um and thankfully, I guess mercifully, uh, Mass Effect ended up becoming part of multi-platform. Yeah, but I, I will say, like Xbox, they're 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 not. I'm never gonna say that PlayStation's exclusives are better. They're just better for me. But for a while there, Xbox had Mass Effect, and I was like, God damn, I wanted that one. I, I think I think a lot of gamers at the end they should look at it as being you've got choices, and I think that's where Microsoft is trying to. So Microsoft just went with the Blue Ocean approach, which is what Nintendo did with the Wii. Blue Ocean is a disruptive strategy that enables you to deceptively, I'm giving my own definition to it in a sense, uh, de- deceptively take a lower position while being ahead. So the Wii was the number, number one selling console during this generation. Why? Nintendo came out and said, we are in a market where people will choose between PlayStation and Xbox. We want to be number two. And people were like, that's dumb. He meant if you're number two choice between a PlayStation fan or an Xbox fan, what is the second console they buy? A Wii. Mm-hmm. Not a PlayStation, not an Xbox. So when you do the math, all Nintendo fans will buy a Wii. All PlayStation fans will buy a Wii because it's cheaper. It's like 200 and like, you know, the Wii yeah. board's cool. Xbox fans do the same. When you do the math, who has more? Yeah, Nintendo would have more. Yeah. Because you have your loyalists and then you have the, oh, here's my side piece. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Microsoft is telling you in the same same time, same same way this time is that if you want to check it out and want to plug it to your TV, there's the S. Mm-hmm. If you just want to play it on PC, there's Game Pass. If you just want to play it on your phone, there's still Game Pass. And then Phil Spencer came out and said, yes, we're exploring options of streaming sticks. There will be that as well. Streaming sticks, my goodness. It's not even streaming sticks. You know what's going to happen, though? I guarantee you by end of next year, maybe beginning of next year, Game Pass app directly on your Samsung LG TV. Done. Yeah. Built in already. Done. Don't even need a Chromecast or something like that. Don't. don't. What, would even, what, would a, what would a Microsoft streaming stick even look like? <laughs> I mean, it just looked look like a... Yeah, just a thing, like a Roku, I guess, or something like yeah. that. All right, well, always good to get into some gaming talk. Like, I always learn a lot about the other side of things when I'm talking to you because I'm, I'm usually, like, in my mode. So PlayStation learning about Xbox. But in any case, if you want to learn more from Thunder E, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and what you want to plug. What's coming up? Uh, yeah, find me at uh, Borderwork on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, the whole Shazam. Um, I gotta find your TikTok, on- I just realized, yeah. I'm working on a bunch of uh, gaming stuff on MacBook PC as well as the consoles and then holiday gift guides are coming. 
Oh yeah, that's right. A lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that coming up. All right, cool. Well, uh, with all that said, thank you so much for being on the show, Thundery. Um, and we'll go ahead and jump into the outro starting now. Follow Thunder E from Board at Work using all of the links that are found in the show notes. You can also follow me across the interwebs. I am at JV Tech Tea because I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, you can also see when I'm doing fleets, I guess. Uh, from there, you can also head over to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara, where you can see even more content uh, that supplements what you might see over at Pocket Now. Of course, Pocket Now is found on the interwebs at Pocket Now on Twitter and Instagram. You can also head over to Pocket now.com for all of the latest news and of course keep it tuned to the youtube channel at youtube.com slash pocket now where videos are coming out basically every single day from there we're going to go ahead and call it on this one thank you so much for listening to the pocket now weekly podcast and we will see you in our next episode